This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Invest Talk. It is what, July 31st? Wow, last day of the month. Wow, that month goes by so fast. It amazes me. Anyway, and I thank you for making time to join me here on the weekday edition, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, live every Monday. Hold on a second. Got a little tech problem here. Sorry about that. And we also stream the program live through investtalk.com, as you know. And what we do here, what we do, we try to accomplish something for you. The idea is that the more you listen, the more you will learn about investing and related financial questions. Our theme on Invest Talk is above average investing for the average investor. So what does that translate into? You don't need to be an expert. You don't. Justin and I are the experts, hopefully. So all you need to, to bring to this hour is your, you know, your questions, wanting to learn, willingness to call and ask questions. And you can do that anytime you want at our anytime number, 888-99-CHART. There was certainly a lot of interesting financial news today. Foxnews.com is reporting that risk-adverse millennials are staying away from long-term investments in the stock market and favoring cash instead, unlike older generations. That's a major mistake for them. It's a major mistake in the long run. But what does that tell us? I really think they're, they're, maybe because they went through the dot-com implosion and then they went through another financial crash, crash both times tra- taking the stock market down heavily in 2008 and 2000. So maybe they just think it's not worth it, just not worth it to stay in the market. Don't know. Don't know. Well, we'll see. I'm hoping that they'll you know, move into the market because that's the best long-term place to be. Interest rates are going up, as we know. I'm going to dig into that reality here in a few minutes and uh, and offer some tips. But first, since your questions drive the program, let's get to a question that came to me earlier on 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. Love your show. This is Rick from Colorado. Hey, I just got in reading this book called The Investor's Manifesto by William J. Bernstein. And, you know, he's very conservative, and he believes that Nobody can beat the market. So I guess one question to you is, how well has InvestTalk, I know you have different portfolios, but uh, how well have you done beating the market? So that'd be good to know. And also, can you look at Western Digital? You know, it's uh, dropped after earnings. So looking forward to hearing the answers on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. Well, one of the reasons they always say no one can beat the market because the market has no cost. Okay, there's no, like in a mutual fund or ETF or a manager like me, we have to get paid. So that cost has to be overcome. And that's one of the reasons why it's very difficult for money managers and mutual funds to beat the market. And it depends on how you measure. For instance, I've been very, very good at not going down with the market when it goes down. 
When it goes down, I, I go down, but not nearly as market. And you've heard me say this before. Uh, if the market goes down, it goes from 100,000. Uh, you go if your portfolio goes from 100,000 down to 50,000, which most of them did in 2008, it's got to go up 100 percent to get back to 100,000. Well, I go down usually much, much, much less, uh, and I, I've been very consistent about that. So when the market turns up. I may not go up as high as the market, but I go up. But I'm a but the people's money that I manage usually is a lot further up than they would if they just rolled the market. Think about it. If you go down 20% when the market goes down 50%, how much do you have to go back up to be above what you were before? Right? That's really, what, 28%? All you had to do is go up 28% and you're back to where you were? I, I don't know what the, the percent is, something like that. So going down much less gets you further ahead. So managing the risk, and I know you've heard that a million times on this show, managing the risk of what of your portfolio, what, what risk you're taking, is very, very important. I constantly strain that. So... I have, over a long period of time, done very, very, very well, generally beating the market. But year to year to year, it's very difficult to beat the market. Very difficult for anybody and everybody. But you want to manage the risk, especially as you get closer to retirement. You don't want to take the risk of the market. You want to, learn, you want to produce income. And that's another thing a good money manager will do. Figure out what you need, what you need, and design the portfolio to meet that need. And then you're approaching or in retirement, your need is to take less risk and maximize income. Well, how do you do that? It's not rocket science, but it takes work. And now you want to talk about Western Digital, WDC, everybody. WDC, Western Digital, is a $21 billion company growing about 6 to 8% sales every quarter. Earnings are going to be 11.78 this 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 uh, year. Um, actually, this year for them is 2019 because that we're in their fiscal 2019 year. 11.78, and that's down 20% from last year, 2018 for them. Next year they're supposed to go up to 22, $12.22. It's a $70 stock, so that makes it very low price. This stock is very low price compared to. Um, actually, the low price compared to itself, even the five-year PE range is five to fourteen, and you're looking at a PE of what six. So that's very good. Return on equity is thirty-nine percent. Not much debt. Pays pay a two-point-nine percent dividend. Now it's a question of where do you buy it. Well, it's been falling. You want to wait till it's done falling. You want to see some sideways movement before you jump into it. And that's what I would do. I think it's a good place. It's getting to a point. It's a good value play. And I like value positions. But you still want to wait till it stops falling. Apparently, it might have had earnings out two, three days ago because it fell from $76 all the way down to $70 in one day. I want to know why. Probably earnings. Find out what's wrong with the earnings. Was it just something that they missed? Was it downgraded going forward? What happened? 
Now, I've been talking about it. I've been giving you a heads up on this for months. After nearly a decade of keeping interest rates at rock bottom levels, the Federal Reserve has finally started raising them. You know they've done it. They actually started a couple years ago. But they're getting pretty insistent about it. Okay? Remember, this is their benchmark rate they charge banks for borrowing money from the Federal Reserve. That means banks are raising their rates, passing it on to us, the consumers. Now, they're not doing it quarter point per quarter point but because they have competition, but they've been pushing up rates. There's pressure for rates to go up. Now, also, raising rates is a sign of a strong economy. They're pushing them up because they're worried about inflation and a strong economy with low unemployment. The question is, are we going to look at more inflation going forward? That's what they're trying to fight. It's not here yet. So expect rates to continue, continue to rise. Now, how can you adjust your finances to take advantage of higher rates? How do you, what do you do? Well, make sure you shop around for better savings rates, more loan rates. I like bankrate.com. It's a very good website to find better savings rates. You know, uh, you don't have to stick with the bank that you're in, you know. So, big banks are still paying pretty low. If you find a smaller bank, I've noticed that they tend to pay more. Or a credit union, they tend to pay more for savings. So, take a look at that. Because online banks really are, you know, they're competing for your dollars. They want your dollars bad. Lock in variable rate loans. You know, while higher interest rates are a welcome change to savers, the opposite is true for borrowers. Any variable rate loan will likely get more expensive over the next few years. So don't don't buy don't have variable rate loans. Lock in a fixed rate. Fixed rate loan. Don't 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 get sucked into those variable rates because they have a low starting rate. Really, it's not that smart. You really when it, if the interest rates were falling, maybe it might be a better idea. But now when they're rising. Now, if you want professional guys monitoring your investments, Mix, Justin and I would be glad to help. You can call our Dana Point, California office or get us a message through investtalk.com. Investtalk.com with two T's. But now we are taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Now, when you hear us talking about a certain stock or story of interest to you, Please remember to tell your friends and family members. I would love to have the audience grow. That's kind of important to us. We broadcast live on radio out of the San Francisco Bay Area at 1220 AM, but also live on investtalk.com. And, of course, we have podcasts for replays. You know, that's also you can download from investtalk.com. So remember, please, that we always appreciate your input. So make your voice heard. Call us now, 888-99-CHART. Tuesday Invest Talk. July is in the record books. August starts a new month tomorrow. Have you subscribed to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play? Please do. Then listen, rate, and review. This helps us improve our Invest Talk programming. But now, Steve is here and he's taking your calls live. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. What's our featured talking point today? The rush to get out of U.S. tech stocks is accelerating. And the tech bloodletting 
bloodletting is nearing $300 billion. So we're going to talk about that. And I, Again, I want to remind you to diversify. I met with a, uh, a someone on my last time to San Jose, and they were very, very heavy in the FANG stocks, and I suggested that she diversify. And, of course, she probably thought I was crazy, you know. But they have been getting hit, the FANG stocks. Doesn't mean they're not great stocks. I never said they weren't. They are. They're very good stocks. But you, 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 they, everything reverts to the mean eventually. That's all that means. What else am I going to talk about today? U.S. inflation levels. U.S. inflation levels off in June. Levels off inflation. And worker pay and benefits climb as at fastest pace in ten years. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't that contradict U.S. inflation levels? Uh, they level off in June versus worker pay as benefits climbing the fastest pace in 10 years? Hmm. Talk about that. Stock buybacks are no reason to buy a stock. It's an article by Mark Holbert, one of my favorite writers. Uh, and why not? So those are things we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know, I'd love to talk about whatever's on your mind. You guys are first. I'm only second. The market today was up, which was a good thing. Uh, the Dow was up 108. The Nasdaq up 42, and the S&P up 14. So the tech stocks made a little bounce up today after being pretty pummeled for the last three or four days. So um, you know, we could, you know, this we our market could very easily go into a correction mode rotationally, meaning rotating from one sector to the next, correcting. In other words, not the whole market correcting, like a 10% fall, but various correct uh, sectors correcting. And maybe that's what we're seeing in the tech stocks. Now, I wouldn't say it's correction mode yet. I think it's down, what, 5%, 6%? I don't know. I think I have the numbers here ready for you. So we'll see. This is the Mess Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I was very pleased with your interest in the personalized one-on-one -on -one portfolio views I conducted recently in San Jose. We had a strong turnout, but I didn't have time to fit everyone in. Okay, I did not. So I'm returning to San Jose. I usually not there once a month, or once every six weeks or so. But I'm going to be back there on August 29th. Be sure to register at investtalk.com. Okay, register. That means you got to set up an appointment. Okay. Time is rolling on, but we can get your questions in. Call now, 888-99-3. If there is ever a moment when you question how well your portfolio is doing or should be doing, Make time to look into the various investment strategy programs available to clients of KPP Financial. Just head over to investtalk.com, roll over the InvestTalk Programs menu link, and read all about them. You'll see dynamic growth, disciplined equity, and you can check out the Active 401k program. But right now, we're taking your financial and investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, article Bloomberg uh, uh, 
spelled out the tech bloodletting, which reached $300 billion since Facebook reported their earnings. Remember, Facebook fell 19%. Okay, uh, so it's still, it's, it's spread to other tech stocks. Okay, for instance, um, at the time this article was printed, which was yesterday, uh, Facebook fell, falls 3.8%, so it's still falling, while Netflix sinks 4.3%. And the S&P down only 0.4%. Remember, the S&P has tech stocks in it. They're driving the S&P quite a bit, up and down. The whole S&P, the, the same stocks are driving the whole S&P. So when it's only down 0.4 and the, tech, the big mega cap tech stocks are driving it, that means the rest of the market wasn't so bad. So people are rushing out of the fang stocks right now. Maybe it's over. You know, you never know. No one knows how much, uh, how much it's going to, you know, what, where it's going to stop. The, the three-day loss for the FANG stocks was 9%. Then that compares with a 1.4% loss for the S&P 500, the same time frame. But remember, that 1.4% for the whole S&P 500, most of it was caused by the tech stocks, the FANG stocks, just those FANG stocks. So... Why is everybody bailing, everybody bailing out since the earnings of Facebook? You know, remember they said they said their growth is going to be less fast. Mind you, it's still growing, just less fast. So why is sentiment turning negative on the Fang stocks? Well, it might be just because they had such a great run. People have made so much money in it, and they're deciding, well, maybe I better get out, maybe take some profits. So the the whole sell-off is widened to the S&P 500 information technology sector, so that index is down 5.2%. So it's spread to the whole technology sector, and I'm suggesting that maybe we're going to see a rotational correction. In other words, just certain sectors correct, not the whole overall market. Now, when you're looking at when you're looking at the Fang stocks being down. Uh, 9% in three days. That's almost a normal correction of 10%, right? But it's only in the FANG stocks. So I, I, I don't think there's anything to panic about. And maybe it's a buying opportunity season set up if those people didn't who never got into FANG stocks. But as you know, I'm a great believer in diversification. I'm a great believer in buying value versus growth at this time in history. And there's not a lot of value in the FANG stocks. Apple, maybe. Okay, so it's a tough call. You know, people are treating the FANG stocks like a high-growth, brand-new tech company when they are mega-cap stocks that are not going to grow that fast. They just can't. The law of large number comes into play as a main role in stopping that kind of growth. So that's what the reality is. Okay, I have an email question that came in I want to read. I'm planning on taking an early retirement. He's 53 this year. I have one taxable account and, and, and one 401k with similar capital, uh, about the same amount. I know that I need to withdraw on my taxable account because, remember, he's retiring early, so he can't withdraw on his IRA or 401k because he'll, you know, he'll get penalized. His question is about risk. He's taking more risk, being more aggressive, uh, so after, okay, let me read it for you. 
After analyzing investment, my Hasselin has an aggressive risk portfolio, and my 401k has a moderate risk portfolio. And he wants to know if he should switch that. And in this case, I would say yes. Why? Normally, I would say you would take less risk in your 401k. But remember, he's going to start drawing down at 53. He's going to start. Have, he's going to have to start with his non-taxable account. So I would suggest, you know, and he's going to do this fairly soon, that you take less risk in the taxable account because you need to have that money there to withdraw, and take more risk in the 401k because two things: one, you got a lot of years before you have to take it; two. Um, you need to grow the money. And you don't have capital gains tax along the way in a 401k. So why not be more aggressive in the 401k? Because he mentioned 10 to 12 years when he has to start drawing it. So the answer is yes. I would switch your risk profile, take more risk with the non-IRA, uh, um, take less risk with the non-IRA and more risk with the 401k because you're going to draw down on the non-IRA soon. That's all. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, why don't strong earnings always boost stock prices? Okay, like snapshot headlines generally focus on two metrics, but miss an important third calculation. I'm going to break it down tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, on duty and ready to answer your questions. I want to answer all the questions. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Our Invest Talk podcast continues. One of KPP Financial's solutions that help solve today's retirement puzzle is our balanced income portfolio. How do you get the income you need in retirement without the kind of risk that you don't feel comfortable with? That's what this program is all about the balanced income portfolio from KPP Financial. And remember, as with each KPP program, the principles at KPP are invested right along with you. Would you like to know more about it? The Balanced Income Portfolio? You can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts, or you can ask Steve about it directly. Just click on the Contact Steve button on investtalk.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their balanced income program provides an ideal blend of growth and interest. Balanced income is a strategy designed to accommodate investors who have a lower risk tolerance but still desire some exposure to the potential growth of the stock market. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Do you want to speak with Steve right now? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Vitaly in Atlanta. How you doing, Vitaly? Hi, Steve. Doing good. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I had a question. Uh, I had a question about ADP. Uh, my wife works for ADP, and they offer five percent discount for the stock. And ADP has yes. done really well, so I'm wondering if you recommend uh, taking that benefit um, or not. I think they contribute two times a year. I think it's June and December, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but since the stock has done so well, I'm not sure if that's the benefit we should be considering right now or possibly um, 
start investing in ADP specifically through her company whenever there's the next recession or some sort of a decline in the stock. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can you sell it right after they give you the discount to buy it? Do you have to hold it any length of period of time? Uh, that's a good question that I'll have to find out. If you can sell it like within a day or two right away, then I'd definitely take it and just sell it back. Okay, and your thought process is correct. ADP has done very well. They do very well in expanding the economy. When the economy starts to shrink, they do poorly. So in a recession, you're, they're going to get hit pretty heavy, right? ADP, everybody, automatic yeah. data, process, data processing, uh, provides business processing, outsourcing services to employers, you know, the payroll people. So obviously, you can see why they would do very well when the economy is expanding because they have more customers, so they get paid more money. So, uh, yeah, this is a risky time to be investing in ADP, if you want my opinion. But if you can sell it right away and can capture that 5%, I would probably do that. Now, when the when you're in the depths of recession vitality and everybody's panicking and no one wants to buy any stock, that's when you buy ADP, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. That would be a great time to buy it. Thanks for the call, Vitelli. I appreciate it. ADP is the symbol. Automatic data processing. Very strong company. But they do, you know, sales and earnings shrink in a recession for them. They are very much attached to the economic cycle. So you just got to be aware. Worker pay and benefits climb at fastest pace in 10 years. This is an article I read today. So what we're seeing is that the, the second quarter second quarter salaries went up about half a percent. Okay, half a percent. And there was a big increase in benefits too. So it actually made it about a nine-tenths of a percent growth. Okay, the largest advance in about four years. And of course, private sector employees fared better than those in government. So what this is telling us is the big picture is wages and compensation are going up because unemployment rate's so low. The jobs rate is down to, what, near an 18-year low? It was hit at an 18-year low a couple of weeks ago. So obviously, you know, employees can get better benefits. And the tax break helped quite a bit, allowing the companies to feel like they can pass along some of those benefits to their employees. So is this inflationary? That's really the question, is it not? Is this inflationary? Is it going to cause inflation to spike or grow? Well, there was a report out today, which I was going to talk about later, to kind of tell us that it's already peaked. Hmm. So maybe we shouldn't... Remember, this all goes to... Why are we talking about this? We're talking this because of the Federal Reserve. Why are we worried about the Federal Reserve? The Federal Reserve is raising its overnight rates to the banks. When they borrow money from the Federal Reserve and they lend that money to you, the higher that rate is, the higher they pass the rate increase to you and me. So it all inflation all goes back to the Fed. If the Fed is worried about inflation, they'll keep raising the interest rates until they kill inflation. How do they kill inflation? Slowing down the economy. 
Are they good at stopping the slowdown? No. They're terrible at it. So, as they raise rates, are they going to push us into a recession? They've been very good at putting us in a recession for the last eight or nine recessions by raising rates too much, and then we go into recession. Now, can't, you can't just say it's all the Fed's fault. I can't say that. No one can say that. But you can look at the evidence and say that every time they've raised rates, a recession followed. It's just never exactly when. Well, is it within a month? How much rates? How far? How long? No one knows that. That's the, that's the tricky part. I am concerned that they are hell-bent on raising rates more and more and more going forward. It's instead of what I think they should do is pause now. Wait till next year. Let's wait to see what the inflation numbers say. What's the big rush? If inflation all of a sudden in one month gets out of control, they can raise their rates a, half, a whole percentage point in one month. That will destroy the economy. <laughs> I mean, then, then we won't have inflation. So, you know, they have that big, big, the big weapon called interest rates that they can raise that will slow the economy and thus slow inflation. So what is the big rush when there's conflicting evidence out there about inflation? I do believe we're having inflation. I do believe that the inflation will slowly creep up. I also believe that slow rise inflation is a good thing, not a bad thing. The Fed believes that too, by the way, that slow rising inflation is good. So why are they so worried about it? It's going, to, it, it's going to be a problem for us down the road if they keep on this path. That's the big worry. As many of you know, we make this Invest Talk radio program available over the Internet via live streaming each weekday from about 4 uh, until 5 p.m. Pacific time, 4 to 5 every day. We're live. But we also have made it easy for you to catch up later if you want, if you missed the live show. Our podcast player library on investtalk.com features about 100 archive programs. You can listen on demand or download each program and listen in your car or on your mobile device. Please make sure you have subscribed to Investtalk Podcast at iTunes, Spiffity or Spoffity or Google Play. And now we have learned, we have cleared the phone lines just for you. You're ready. We can take your call. Get them to me. 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk listeners in Southern California are welcome to make an appointment with Steve or Justin for a meeting at their KPP financial offices in Dana Point. However, for those who live in Northern California, it may be more difficult to come down to Dana Point. So now, in response to strong interest, Steve Peasley has scheduled another round of free, personalized portfolio reviews for his satellite office in San Jose. Steve can help you make sure that your current portfolio remains in line with your long-term asset allocation strategy and your risk tolerance. So mark your calendar, August 29th, Steve Peasley in San Jose. Then register through the portfolio review page at investtalk.com. And now, Steve is here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Tony in Sunnyvale. How you doing, Tony? Hi, Steve. Thanks for the show. Um, I've got two questions. Um, 
first question is, what's the relationship between go and dollar, how they affect each other? And then my next okay. question is, um, if I want to in, invest in international, uh, which is better, uh, the Asian market or the European? I would say the Asian market, and only because uh, the they're faster growing. And they have, the China's, Chinese market has been in a corrective mode, dragging everybody down. Everybody else down. So I think uh, long term, you'd be better off in the Asian market, not the European market. The EU is a very slow growing block. Always has been because they're very, very socialist in their economic policies, which which does not, it's, it slows the economy. Socialist policies slow the economy because so much money, tax money is taken away from the the consumer, they, they don't have the money to spend in the economy. They're spending it on taxes. Okay? And that does not help the economy. So I do Asia. Asia. And the relationship between the dollar and gold is very clear. If you want to see it, Tony, go to stockcharts.com. Go and make a one-year chart. Type in UUP. UUP is the dollar. Okay, that's the index for a dollar, the dollar, U.S. dollar compared to other currencies. And then type in GLD, that's gold. And look at the charts in the, in the last few months. You'll see that gold has been going down as the dollar has been going up. So that's the relationship. The stronger the dollar, the stronger the dollar, the weaker the gold. The weaker the dollar, the stronger the gold. So the question why is, 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 is why dollar, is that? Uh, can you briefly describe why would it affect each other? Okay, because you got to remember, you're buying gold. If you're going to buy gold, it's it, it, you know in the United States anyway, it's in U.S. dollars, and if the dollar gets stronger and stronger and stronger, you can buy more gold with less money. So that drives gold prices down. Okay. And the dollar stronger. Now, if you look at the chart of the dollar, UUP, you'll see in the last month and a half or so, it's no longer rising. It's going sideways. But if you look at gold, GLD, because I'm looking at them right now, you'll see that gold is still weak, still falling slowly. Therefore, I think we might be seeing an inflection point, Tony. Inflection point meaning... Gold might start to turn around because the dollar has risen pretty strongly. And I think it might be done. Okay, okay. thank you very okay. much. Thanks for the call, Tony. Appreciate it. That gold and the dollar. UUP and GLD. Compare those two charts and you can see a clear relationship between the dollar and gold. All right, anytime this one line, 888 chart is the investor's friend. Get your questions in. We'll get your answers for you. We will. Here's a question that came in earlier. Uh, hey, guys. This is uh, Brett from Concord. Uh, love the podcast. I listen pretty much every day for the last year straight. I had a question today uh, about Lockheed Martin LMT. I uh, just wanted to see what you guys think of right now, uh, how it is as a, as a buy point. It's a good buy point. I've been looking at the stock. It's gotten beaten up over the last three months. The trailing PE is a little high, but the forward PE is very low. The expected five-year peg ratio is very low. 
looks like a really attractively uh, priced stock right now. Just wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Thanks. Okay, Lockheed Martin LMT is the symbol. Manufactured military aircraft, missile satellites, submarine combat systems, and missile defense systems. And you know that the Trump administration is spending money on military. You know that. Their earnings are going to go up 26% this year. That's the estimate. Uh, to $16.90. And then next year, another 13% to go to $19.06. Those are the estimates. Okay, so that means the P.E. is around 18, 19. The five-year range is 12 to 25. So far, as the P.E. ratio is not that low. It's not. The stock peaked at what? Five, uh, $359 or so back in April. And uh, today is at 326 So it's fallen off that. It got as low as 291 in, uh, in the right at the end of June, beginning of July. And it's been rising all of July. Um, is it a good buy? It's not a good value play. It pays a 2.5% dividend. It's a good, strong company. I mean, I can say that. But I think uh, I, I think you might have missed the bounce it, because there was a lot of support right around 295 300 And that's where you really wanted to be a buyer of it when it started to recover. Uh, when it got to 305 you definitely wanted to be a buyer. But now at 326 you know, that's another 8% up. And I'm a little concerned it might be a little bit late to the party here. And there, and the party wasn't that great of a party, meaning the stock wasn't that cheap to begin with. So a good, solid company, but I don't think this is a good time to be a buyer of it. LMT, everybody. Stock buybacks are no reason to buy a stock. I want to get to that before the end of the show. And U.S. inflation levels off in June. That's kind of contradictory to the worker pay benefits climbing at the fastest pay, pace in 10 years. Hmm. So what's really happening out there? First, though, here's an investing term you should know. Security. A security is a, a fungible, negotiable financial instrument that holds some type of monetary value. It represents an ownership position in a public traded corporation via stock. A creditor's relationship with a government body or corporation through bonds. Security. Go to Investopedia.com if you want a, a longer and, and more detailed description. On Tuesday, our, I'm sorry, we're Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Uh, we're, ready, we're hunting down the road with the finish line. is coming up real fast, everybody. It's 448 or so. It means we have about 10 minutes left. So if you have a question, get it in. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, why don't strong earnings always boost stock prices? That's tomorrow. But now, a Tuesday Invest Talk continues, driven by your questions. Steve's here, and he's ready and waiting for your calls. 888 99Chart. Hey, y'all. Appreciate the show. Had a question about retirement accounts. When you turn 59 and a half, or whatever age it might be, when uh, you can start withdrawing from, say, an IRA, does that basically turn into a regular brokerage account, or do you keep getting tax advantages even for money that you add to the account after that point? I appreciate you very much. 
No, it does not change. It stays an IRA, even though you can withdraw it or you do withdraw it. It stays an IRA. And you can keep putting money in an IRA as long as you're earning money. It has to be earned income. So you can put money into the IRA even if you're withdrawing the money out of the IRA. You still can keep putting it in as long as you have earned income. So, yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't change the type of account it is. Now, when you take money out, 59 and a half, uh, you don't have you can you have, you have to add whatever you take out to your adjusted gross, in, adjusted gross income for that year and pay your income tax on that money you take out. Before fifty nine and a half, you're you're going to be penalized ten percent and pay income tax. So make sure you don't take it before fifty nine and a half. And we're talking about regular IRAs, not Roth. Roth is different. Okay, you don't ever have to pay taxes on money you take off from the Roth, ever. And in a regular IRA, at the year 70 and a half, the year you turn 70 and a half, you have to start taking money out of your regular IRA. It's called a required minimum distribution. You're required to do it, because they want their tax dollars. Okay. Okay, US, inf US inflation, our opinion about stock buybacks. So we'll do the inflation first. Uh, U.S. inflation uh, leveled off in June. So what was the numbers? June. Consumer spending rose at four-tenths of percent in June. As estimated, that was the est estimate, by the way. That's the same as it was in May. Didn't change. Okay, uh, let's see. And uh, Talk about the PCE, which is, which is the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge. That rose a, a very small one-tenth of one percent. One-tenth of one percent, which is virtually flat inflation. Inflation over the past 12 months flatlined at 2.2 percent year over year in June. Okay, so we, remember, Fed's trying to fight inflation by raising rates. This is saying there's really no inflation. Now, the other report I read to you, that article, Worker pay and benefits climbing at the fastest pace in 10 years. Okay, which is it? Do we have inflation or not? Hmm. That's really an issue, isn't it? It's a conundrum. I don't think we have a problem with inflation. I think we have inflation, just not a problem with inflation. And therefore, we don't need a Federal Reserve increasing rates to fight inflation. That's my opinion. And so, but they're fighting it. They're still fighting it. But workers are getting better benefits and higher wages, but it's really not pushing inflation up to a place where we have to worry about it. I think the Fed just wants to get the, the, the secret agenda. How's that? That the Fed has is getting rates up to a more normalized level, which is 3%, not 2%. What we are now, 2% at the funds, Fed fund rate. They want to get it to 3%. That's normalized. And they're hell-bound on doing it. And I don't see a need for that. I really don't see it. But they're not asking me. Stocks buybacks are no reason to buy stocks. Why? We are buying, the, we the corporations out there are, are at record level in the first quarter of the year, $430 billion of stock buybacks. Okay, that's record. That's next highest level was the first quarter uh, was 
240 billion. Okay, so okay, if they if they buy back 430 billion, which is twice as much, why isn't the stock market rising? Right? Why isn't the stock market going up with all those buybacks? Double what it was before. That's the question. So buying back stock buybacks is not a reason to buy the stock. Not. It's helpful. It's nice. There's not a reason to buy. That completes another valuable investor program. I hope it's valuable. Right? And is now ready to be uploaded to our podcast library. If you want to replay anytime or all of today's program, you can do so at will from the podcast page at investtalk.com. I want to thank everybody for listening, and please come back tomorrow. I'll be here. I'm Steve Peasley. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights. 